Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Scrapyard. I'm your host, Nathan Mulepolder, joined here by Taylor. No fun. And Xavier. I'm drinking a Japanese rice beer in honor of Japan winning the Overwatch World Cup this year. Let's go! Today we are talking about the Overwatch League. Specifically, we will be talking about the Stage 3 Week 4 games, our predictions for the Week 5 games, and that pesky 2-2-2 lockout. If you want to find us on social media, you can do that at Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also play video games with us all at Scrapyard Media, and again, those video games are on Xbox, PlayStation, or Steam. Additionally, you can listen to us anywhere podcasts are found, all with the tag Scrapyard Media, and you can especially find us where you're listening now. Roll intro. So let's get right into this, talking about the shock first. Team that's close to us, physically and emotionally. They had an interesting week. First they got beat by Chengdu, and then they beat London. Yeah, alright, so, I feel like I've set the precedent that I'm not the one to... Just completely panic after some losses. He's not the one. The Shock have lost three games this stage. Yeah. And that does say something. But really, all I think it says is that the meta has just shifted. So, with the meta, I mean, Somber Goats is a thing now. Mm-hmm. And the Shock are visibly weak against Somber Goats. Yeah. And they're visibly weak against, like, these weird, like, very DPS comps. Because the Shock are pretty strong on going with this Goats thing. If you're running... Sinatra in one of your DPS slots, you're kind of forced to go Goats because he is such an unbelievably good Zarya, but he's not an unbelievably good, you know, mm-hmm. he's not a great Doomfist, he's not a great Tracer. So why don't you run Goats because he's the best Zarya in the league? And it gets him caught. You know, it got him caught three times a stage. It got him caught against Chengdu. Yeah. But the thing is where Chengdu, one, is just going to do this to teams. That's kind of their role in the league. You know, they're this upset team they're going to surprise some teams, and, and the shock got got. However, looking into the future, you know, the shock kind of have to recalibrate because a lot of other teams in the league are starting to slowly recalibrate to this new meta, and the shocker kind of rolling with what got them to the dance. They're just, they're going goats. They'll throw in some, like, weird DPS stuff once or twice, but, you know, when the game gets tight, they're going goats. Mm-hmm. And you look at other teams, you know, you look at basically their mirror, the Vancouver Titans, Mm-hmm. They had a lineup switch. They That's true. brought in Stitch mm-hmm. as as a Sombra player. So they're clearly looking ahead like, all right, the Sombra Goats thing is going to be a force in the playoffs, and they're actively switching up their roster to make this to make their roster make sense and shore mm-hmm. up that weakness. Yeah. But the shock, they're not, and I don't expect them to. They're just gonna run their starting five and just go with it. So I wonder if in the playoffs they will get upset. Because they're not adjusting and being proactive with the Sombra Goats thing. But there's really no reason to panic about the Shock. They are in the playoffs. And losing three games in a stage isn't that bad. Because all their victories are absolute destructions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And their losses are close losses. So it's not that bad. And I think it's, it's important to note that there is the Atlanta home game this weekend. They're not playing in that. And again, there's no reason to panic because they do have this time off to practice and try to fit Striker in and Architect in to these DPS or more getting ready for that Sombra Goats kind of style that's coming in with the um, with the playoffs and that meta switch. So maybe that's what they're waiting for. I can see that kind of being like why they haven't taken that quick of initiative. But for the most part, I think there's nothing to worry about about the San Francisco Shock. I think it was just there's a few games where they're not gonna they're not gonna win, especially when you see the meta switching over. Because this was a team made of a bunch of young people coming in that weren't in age and that they kinda just put them into what we're gonna try and squeeze them into going into this next season. I think another thing with the shock is that like I've said before, they are kind of a slow burn. And um that does play into this with their changing over to the meta and, and things like that. And I have to say like They've always been a slow burn, and I think this season you're just seeing it a lot more, is that they, um, or not this season, sorry, this stage you're seeing it a lot more, that they are taking their time to kind of get used to it, and with the change of the meta, because even with Goats, they didn't do super great at first, mm-hmm. but then they came back, and Stage 2, they did amazing. But even to be fair, Stage 2, you could say they started slow, because their first couple of games were kind of, like, easy. Yeah. So, it's, it's pretty fair to say that they probably had a slow start, we just didn't get to see it, because they are playing, like garbage tier teams at that time and this which are is, no longer garbage tier teams that's kind of a good point in the sense of they still play they still have an easy schedule yeah you know uh the shock but with that easy schedule the fact that they're able to just consistently 4-0 bad teams definitely proves their worth you know mm-hmm. you look at some of the teams like 
London, for example. <laughs> like, you look at London, and they have, on paper, easy games, but they lose them instead. They make them look hard. Yes, so the shock, the fact that they're able to stay consistent means something. Because, mm-hmm. you know, another team like London, who has unbelievable talent, is kind of middling. And there there's so many questions about what is London really worth? Because mm-hmm. this, you know, this stage, they've struggled. They, they definitely had a rough week. London definitely had a rough week. Just a lot of weird things happened for them. They did lose to the shock, which, I mean, to be expected, but they just didn't have a good week. And the weird thing is, so they took out profit for guard. Mm-hmm. You know, in theory, on paper, you're doing that because guard is a very good Sombra. However, you don't take out profit. Like, I'm sorry, you if you have profit on your team, under no circumstances should profit not be playing. Yeah. And you could take out Bird Ring, figure something out there, you know, profit, guard, but you just shouldn't take out profit because quite frankly, he's what's gotten you to your to this point. You know, mm-hmm. he's pretty much one of the reasons why you are the defending champions sure. coming into this season. So benching profit just seems like you're trying something and that's fine, mm-hmm. but it's kinda inexplicable. It wasn't it was a mistake. Profit has been kind of the backbone to London in most of like in a lot of ways and just being like hey we're gonna try this switch you out just shows that I don't know how much more London can wait for their moment it's like every week they're kind of just doing enough to get like get by and then they're like well we're going up against shock so it's like we're expecting this loss or it's like we're going up against valiant you know we got this but it just seems like they're just waiting for their moment to like burst into the scene and I feel like that waiting and being like, oh, now we'll now we'll show them up when this meta switches. I think it's been way too long for them to do that. They've been just mm-hmm. staying perfectly above the rest of the teams. I mean, to compare like Overwatch to a real not a real life sport that sounds mean to like you know, but a real life sport that's that's a fair statement. It would kind of be like having like Kevin Durant or Curry on your team and you decide like, oh, we're gonna take him out, we're gonna bench him for this game. Yeah, like. like it's- it's stupid. Just, just cause you just cause, don't do that. Oh, cause like or like you have you have Curry on the bench and you have Durant and then you're like, oh well, Curry's better at shooting three, so let's take out Durant. It's so weird. And why? And off that, London really needs to start stringing together big victories because, mm-hmm. and this is important to note, you know, kind of as we're doing this podcast, we are pretty much exactly halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty one games, you know played about 21 games you know 20 21 around there so we're at the halfway point it's getting to the point where we already have a team the vancouver titans and yes they're undefeated but we're at the point in in the season where you have teams that are starting to clinch playoff spots in the broad season playoffs Mm -hmm. so london with 20 games left that's not a lot no and it's to the point where you need to start racking up wins yes because the rest of the league is looking to get stronger. And with 2-2-2 coming up, you're going to have a lot of teams that are really hungry seeing this as their opportunity to make it into the big playoffs. Yeah. So London needs to, you know, stage is over for them. It's fine. They need to go into this next stage really with something to prove. And they're going to need a 6-1 and or a 7-0 stage, I think. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a big stage because at this point they're just middling. And that's not a place you want to be halfway through the season. Correct. Not at all. And then in other news, Dallas had a a rough week as well with their lineup changes that they're pulling. Yeah, so they brought Taimu in, and they brought in Trill, and they had in Harry Hook. And for a good portion of the match against NYXL, they looked really good. And then suddenly they were like, let's bring AKM back in instead of Taimu. And after that, you just kind of saw, well, this isn't working anymore. And I feel like with Dallas, they have an incredible set of talent on the bench. And I don't know if this was them being like, well, our stage is over. Also kind of thinking like, hey, let's throw in time. Let's see what works. Knowing that this 2-2-2 thing is being locked in. But again, it's just half the time I feel like Dallas is just floundering. They are floundering. And Dallas is at the point where, as we're talking about, we're halfway through the season. They're reaching that point where their playoff hopes are slowly fading away. Mm -hmm. Every other team is getting better, and Dallas is 
actively getting worse. And they Would had a say horrible every stage. other team is getting better. Honestly, yes. I, I you know, in the sense of all right, Florida and Washington don't count as teams. <laughs> so if you look at kind of most other teams, you know, the charge are quite frankly next stage, they might be a top team. You yeah. know, their roster is, is stupid. Dallas, I just don't see what what they do. Two 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 is coming and Taimu is an excellent player. But I definitely think over the course of an entire stage, Taimu will look worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You have Zachary, who is getting what he wishes for. He's going to get to play DPS. But quite frankly, I think he's also going to look worse and worse as the stage goes on. Trill, I think he just needs more practice time. But realistically, you should just be playing OG. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand OG is going through some things and he needs some rest probably. But OG is your man. And then Harry Hook... You know, I, I definitely think you could roll with a Harry Hook closer support lineup or something, you know, something to that effect. Because Harry Hook is, you know, he's looked really, really damn good. Harry Hook closer could be your lineup, but, you know, you still have Unko, who's very good. So Dallas, they have a good roster on paper, but I definitely think they will continue. Mm, oh, that Japanese beer is hitting. They will continue to slide, and I just think Dallas fans are going to be real disappointed come the end of the season. I think they'll end up being like four or five games out of the playoffs. Just a shimmer of hope. Yeah. And then Dallas is going to screw it up because this New York game was winnable. Mm-hmm. It was straight up winnable. They should have won that game. And then they choked it away. Speaking of playoffs, not the overall playoffs, but the stage playoffs, a couple of teams have already clinched their spots. Titans, as mentioned, which makes sense because they already clinched their overall playoffs. Yeah, the Titans are an unstoppable ship. They could just throw the rest of every single game 0-4 and perfectly fine yeah nothing to worry about titans it's it's called for at this point seeing the titans up on this list we know that they're going to make it into stage playoffs and they're the titans i think they're just about to get more dangerous people don't really know how damn good stitch and Haxel yeah really are yeah and stitch looked incredible quite frankly so people don't you know stitch and Haxel are kind of like this this unknown force but if you really go back and watch their contenders run... You could say they're forces of nature. Exactly! I mean, you go back and watch their contenders run, and they were killing it. You know, I think a Haxel stitch dive ransacks every other team. True. And in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure they're going to stick with stitch. The playoffs are going to see a lot more DPS play, and mm-hmm. Vancouver is going to show this side of them that we've never seen before in the Overwatch League. And some teams are going to feel real bad about themselves getting stopped. 4-0 in the playoffs. Because we have a lot of first-time playoff teams this season, uh, and it's going to be rough. Speaking of first-time playoff teams, the Valiant and the Outlaws. Yeah, Valiant did it. They made it. I think the change in meta and the change environmentally within the Valiant is what has pushed them. Because, well, Custa hadn't gotten to play the very first stage at all. And then last stage, you could kind of see that there was still some issues. They weren't clicking but coming in right now valiant looks like the valiant from last year so i feel like this is a really good sign for the valiant i feel like the switch of meta is going to help them and i don't think they're gonna make it far in the playoffs but we never know they have now kind of this air of let's just destroy people out of the blue With the Valiant, I think that they're in this weird position where it could get to the point where they're, like, unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Now, I need to preface this by saying they haven't beaten a tip-top team yet. They beat the Titans, but they played the Spark and lost. Yeah. And so I think, you know, in another series, the Titans defeat them again. That Mm -hmm. Titans game was kind of like this star-making performance, but it was an anomaly. So the Valiant have to prove a little bit more before I consider them a real finals contender. But the Valiant, they're looking scary. Yeah. Fact Fiction has been a revelation for this team. Picking him up was great. Kareev has been playing the best video games of his life. You know, KSF is looking incredible. Custa is just clean. You know, he's just such a clean player. And it's clear that Custa's leadership is really driving this team past the point of no return. Yeah. Where they're just going to start being good. But Definitely. in the playoffs this is their time to, you know, really show that they're actually a real team. Because, yet again, they go against the Spark and they get beat by the Spark. They, they did defeat London, which is a big win, so yep. I just think they're good, but they are kind of in that inconsistent range. 
And if you look at, well, the playoffs started right now, they're playing the Vancouver Titans in the first round of the playoffs. So they're in the standings where they're either going to play the Excelsior or the Titans. Yeah. You know, they're in that range. Mm -hmm. So I could see them, they're going to have a tough game regardless. Definitely. So... And so, speaking of our other newbies to the playoffs, we have the Outlaws, which, interestingly enough, are now owned by the same team. You could call them, I guess, a sister team to the Valiant. Weirdly. And I kind of feel like they both have something to prove. Like, who who is worth more? (laughs) Which team is not going to get sold? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's kind of an interesting dynamic going into this, but I think the Valiant are definitely looking like the stronger team overall. For sure. Personally. But I still think it could be an interesting playoffs. I if if the Valiant do have to go against Vancouver in the first round, I'm pretty sure the Valiant is out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Probably. Like you said, in any other series, Vancouver would have won. Yes. But against New York, I feel like they have a slightly better chance. Like it goes from a hundred zero odds to like fifty fifty odds. Yeah, New York in the playoffs is never a good bet. Yeah. You can never really bet, you know, for them. Uh, they've looked great, but yet again, New York. Has a rough history in the playoffs. They they're like kind of like the gladiators, where it's like, unlike the gladiators, where it's like they go in, they lose. New York at least gets almost right there to playing, and then they like something happens. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of New York is wrong place, wrong time, and gladiators is right place, wrong time constantly. Yeah. But I definitely feel like a piece of shit. Earlier, like last month or so, I was I ragged on the outlaws, and I feel like it was deserved. You know, the outlaws looked awful. They did. But they rallied back. And it's really impressive how they rallied back as a team with really no roster changes. It just it just seems like they just decided we're going to play our brand of Overwatch and get it together. And that's what they've done. You know, they've just stuck with what works for them and did it. However, I think they're a first round exit. Yes. Yeah. I think that they just get ransacked. You know, they're also in line to play the Titans or the mm-hmm. Excelsior. Mm-hmm. That's 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 iffy. With, you know, they're so going to lose. With with the outlaws, my my thought is because when you were shitting on them, you definitely had good cause to. But I want to say they may have been playing as bad as they were because of what was going on with their team. Because obviously the financials weren't stable, we brought that up a lot, and we found out how unstable they were. The team got sold. And I think even if the players didn't know, management definitely had to have known. And then that probably trickled down to at least coaches. So I think there was probably this general negative attitude among the team. Like, not negative, like they were in a bad mood, but there was just this tense feeling. Yeah. And I feel like that probably did affect them. It made them play worse. And I think we're seeing what they actually could be, and we're seeing where they could go. So that's really good. Speaking of seeing where they can go, the Spark are looking pretty good. I think we're seeing what they can actually be. And uh, so they clinched their second playoff spot in Stage 3, and I'm thinking they look pretty good. Yeah, I think the thing is, I think this is their last playoff i don't know how they're gonna go about with everybody moving up into the next stage and how things go spark was very slow into catching on to the goats meta and i can see them also falling behind when it moves into this new locked in 222 it's just the way spark is i don't know if they would make it into next stages playoffs and i probably will be wrong but i just feel like they have the tendency to be a little bit slower at hooking back on into metas and stuff. That's my opinion. I completely disagree. <laughs> I think the Spark are going to be What's better. What's new, Xavier? What is new? Damn right! I think the Spark are going to be so much better outside of GOATS because they actually have really good players that just haven't adapted to GOATS well. You know, lest we forget, they have Crystal just chilling. And they have good. What is the saying? You put in crystal, you win? Yes. You put in crystal, (laughs) you win. And also, they have Gushui, who over the past few games has looked like a top 20 player and damn near could be a top 15 player. You know, he's the best Winston in the league, bar none. One of the best just tanks overall in the league, bar none. And with every team having an elite DPS player, what's really going to put teams over the top is your support line and your tank line. Mm-hmm. And the Spark just happen to have a really good support line and a really good tank line. And every game, they're getting better. You know, they had that brutal loss against the Titans earlier this stage where they completely choked on Havana. But if they didn't choke on Havana, they would have won that series. 
But also, Havana is just a map that everybody's always like, oh, this is not the map for us because it's so new. And like last year when they would have a new map come out, we would never see it. But now recently with each update and like them adding the maps into the competitive season, they've been adding that into the game. So like we wouldn't have seen Paris before or we wouldn't have seen like Havana before, but now they're actually implementing them quicker. But even with Havana, they just choked. They were just, it was in an open enough space where Mm -hmm. they could have easily won. But outside of that Titans game, they've defeated everybody. They've defeated the streaking Valiant. They've 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 taken out every team that's in front of them. They're going into the playoffs with one loss this stage, sure. and they're going to have a tough road. You know, if the playoffs started right now, I believe they play the Soul Dynasty, mm-hmm. which is not an easy game. But I would predict the Spark to win. You know, fair, fair. and quite frankly, I might take the Spark against the Excelsior. And no, I wouldn't take them against the Titans. Yeah, but I would take them possibly against the Excelsior. So I think if they dodge the Titans in the shock, the Spark could get into the finals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just all about matchups for them because I don't think they're they're getting better every stage, but I don't think they've gotten good enough where they can just bar none beat every team. You know, they still need favorable matchups. So mm-hmm. if they avoid the shock and the Titans, they're gonna they're get gonna to the be finals. In, yeah. And uh, speaking of the team that you said they'd be matched up against, the Dynasty, they've clinched their spot. They're they're a very interesting team to me. Yeah, Fissure retired. Yes, he that, did. That is Which something, yes. is a huge loss because Fisher yeah. obviously didn't really have love for the game. So, you know, it's good that you have him off your roster instead of just being unhappy on your bench. Yeah. But losing Fisher is a big deal because he is one of the top tanks in the league. However, your roster's still stacked. It's the most stacked. And you play really good Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you can't beat good teams. Yeah. yeah, like you can't beat, you can't get past these elite teams, and if you're, you know, you're a lower seed, so you're going to have to face New York, Vancouver, or the Spark. Yeah, you're going to face one of those three. Now you said at the beginning that you could see Soul Dynasty taking it. Do you still believe in that? Probably not, and I think that just because when you did see them you know, face off against these excellent teams, there just wasn't, there just wasn't that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still kind of the same soul dynasty, you know, we'll beat up on bad teams, but then we're just going to get destroyed by any super good team that we face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's just that hump that they just can't get over. I don't know what it is, but I definitely think it's going to happen in the playoffs where they're going to face up against that great team and, do this whole dynasty thing again. Yeah, so the dynasty, they, they're pretty volatile when it comes to better teams. And speaking of generally better teams, we got the Shock, also clinched their spot. But they're not looking as good as they did last stage. It's not as certain if they could beat Vancouver. They probably couldn't beat Vancouver with how the new... They probably couldn't beat Vancouver with how the new meta is working and how they have been playing. And it remains to be seen, but I do think they're still possibly finals material. I think they could definitely beat the Spark. They will probably roll the Dynasty. I don't think Outlaws or Valiant hold a candle to them. The only real competitor currently in the uh, in the playoffs is the Titans. So the thing with Shock is if you follow any number of the players on Twitter or any other social media, you can see that they were saying how this stage has been their hardest stage yet. And even Violet, he he was like, this is, like, my hardest stage I've ever had to do. Thank you for, like, staying by, like, our team. We'll try and make sure we, like, push better. So it was just a very hard stage overall for the shock. And I can see, as you said, the only competition for them really would be the Titans. But, again, this is the stage of these quote-unquote bad teams taking this time to like upset these really good teams so we could have another instance where it's like dynasty when they beat nyxl in the first day like it could be something like that where shock is out the first day or even the titans are out the first day Mm, and i don't see the titans going out the first day i'm sorry (laughs) or the you know it's something like that where it's going to something might happen so we can't just bank on seeing shock 
through this set, like this playoffs, because it, they've been saying how hard it has been for them. The Shock are the most likely team to get upset in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. That's a top seed. To be fair. Simply because they're behind the curve. Right. Out of all these teams in the playoffs, they're the ones that are behind. So that was my thing I wanted to say. Like, no, no offense to the players or anything. They're saying it's their hardest stage, but I don't agree with that. It's hard on them, personally, because they're losing. And they're losing because they're behind the curve. And I don't think that's necessarily their fault entirely. I think it is partially their fault, but I think it's mostly a management thing. You're not throwing in the right players. Like we've said, Sinatra is an amazing player. He's an amazing Zarya. But they have other people in their roster that could come in on Sombra or come in and really help this team through. But they're just refusing to do that. They're being stubborn and they're suffering for it. And their players are obviously, like you said with Violet, suffering emotionally for it. They feel like they're having a hard stage because it's hard on them to it lose like hard. this. You know, when the meta changes and I I don't agree that the shock need to make a switch because I definitely understand they need to make a change to how they're playing yeah, at the very least. Because like you had a perfect stage. You know, like you you know, you ride goats until you lose and that's like, alright, let's make a switch. You know And they've lost. Yes, but they forrowed London and they've damn near forrowed every other team they've played. You know, so it's the kind of deal where do you really make this big switch right before the playoffs? I don't know if they need to make a big switch, but I'm saying they need to do something. I don't think they're going to win the playoffs. I, like I said, I think they're, like you said at least, they're a really good candidate to yeah. get upset because they're being stubborn right now. For sure. I think it's just that we'll see something change after this stage. If well, there I mean, were changes... Obviously, there's going to be a change after this stage. I mean, they could just run back to the same roster and be like, ah, oh, Sinatra's going to be, you know... But, I mean, like, they're going to have to change they're definitely their tactics going to change everything, there, yeah. because the 2-2-2. Two, two, two. So you just roll with what brought you here. Yeah. And just, if you lose the stage, oh, well, you won last stage. Like, you mm-hmm. know. But it, they're definitely the top candidate, I would say, to be upset. Mm-hmm. And even if they are a low seed, let's be real, they're one of the favorites. Yes. So, like, seeding is just a formality for the shot. True. Yeah. And on top of that, like I said earlier with the emotionally it's hard, I think that does play into this because you can, you do have to take into effect the thoughts and, you know, the feel of the players because it's going to be a lot easier for them to lose because, sure, they want as much, but somewhere in them they feel like, oh, maybe we don't have this because they came off of a perfect stage and then are getting, like, beat by Chengdu. Like, that's got to do something to you. So I do think they're in an interesting place, and I, I like to see how they perform in the playoffs, and especially like to see how they play a uh, next stage. For sure. But before we talk about next stage, we got to talk about next week. So we are going to be playing a quick round of Capture Point, brought to you by this sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by the silhouette, invented by Etienne du Silhouette of France back in a year, because he was too cheap to buy an actual fucking portrait of his family. The silhouette, the cheap bitch's portrait. Okay, so we are going to be playing a game of Capture Point now. If you do not know what Capture Point is, that must mean you don't watch our Thursday episodes. But that doesn't matter because we are going to fill you in right now. Capture Point is our fun game where we talk about our predictions for the next games coming up. And so how it works is that both of these two will give their arguments if they disagree with their predictions. They write them down, I see them, and then they tell them to you guys. And if they disagree or there's something interesting, they will talk about it, debate, and they will be given 30 seconds for that, in which I'll be awarding points very aggressively. And whoever gets the most points captures the point. The next week, we find out who held the point, whose predictions were most accurate. And this week, it was no drum roll, please, because people may be listening to this driving, and we don't want to frighten them and make them veer off a road and die. No, I'm going to put gunshots in here. Sirens. <laughs> and the person who held the point is Taylor. Yay! By five points. Wow. So good for her. We'll put that on the scoreboard. It's a big, massive thing behind us that you guys can't see because this is in podcast format. But let's get right into the games. First off, we have Florida versus New York. Man, aren't these fun games to watch? You know, while we predict this, I'm just going to say these games are trash. Like every single one of them. Uh, we talked about this before a little bit, how, like, bad the Atlanta games are, because Atlanta 1 plays third, and also, going into this, unlike the, like, Dallas field, uh, Dallas homestand, they hadn't been, like, eliminated yet, and Atlanta was, like, eliminated the 
the day this was like announced yeah. basically there's a reason why they're promoting rivalry weekend more, more than, than this, this home stand one. there's a reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so three two one reveal your predictions nyxl 4-0 same <laughs> i mean like what even there's no reason to talk about this It'd be amazing if Florida just 4 0 them for no reason whatsoever. The next game is uh, Philly versus Washington. Man, such an interesting game. Damn, it's almost like I Both picked... of these teams are so good and skilled, and one does not definitely eclipse the other. Reveal. Fusion's 4 0. Yeah, Philly 4 Yeah. You go with the team with the better individual talent. <laughs> okay, first of all, you can't even bring that argument into this one because Washington Justice doesn't have any individual talent. Corey. Hey, Sleepy's pretty good. Uh, Dark, Sleepy. Okay, three individual... Former shock superstar kind of player, Sleepy. Okay, three individual talents does not add up. We've talked about this. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even matter if they add it up. We can see that Washington Justice does not perform. That is true. Next up, we have the home team Atlanta versus the not home team Toronto. <laughs> this is actually an interesting game, almost. It is. I say almost because they put it in a weird spot, and I just, I don't know. I feel like something weird's going to happen where we just, like, it'll be over way too quick. This whole thing is going to be over way too quick. Maybe it's not over quick enough. Actually... No, no, I, I think it'll be a fun weekend, but... Yeah. I feel like it'll be fun for the wrong reasons. So, 3-2-1 reveal. Toronto 3-2. Toronto 3-1. <laughs> uh, we have so, no confidence in Atlanta? I don't. And here's the reason why. Toronto has made some incredible signings. That's true. They signed Logics, and they signed Mangachu. Mangachu is a star player in, in Contenders, and Logics is a... Oh, man, he's he's a... Former uh, Florida Mayhem player. You know, Florida, f- former Florida Mayhem players are having a, a, a resurgence, time. man. You know, you got McGravy out there on a playoff team. You got Logics out here way back in the league looking incredible. Yeah. And you have Zephyr that's still on the team. That's beside the point. <laughs> uh, you know, Toronto's made good signings. They didn't look good this week. But quite frankly, you're throwing Mangachu and, and Logics in there just kind of out of nowhere and so i think a week under their belts they're gonna look great and beat atlanta again atlanta already was eliminated and they're not really doing much and all these other teams are actively making moves like like you just said toronto is actively making moves so it's just i just don't see them doing too well so moving into the next game we have the guangzhou charge versus the shanghai dragons two teams that you know, if we talked about them a stage ago, people would be like, the the who? And now we're talking about the what? The, the Chicka Chicka Shanghai Dragons. I like it. Good team. 3, 2, 1. Reveal your Dragons 3-2. Dragons 4-0. Okay. I, I mean. I don't believe in the charge. Dragons are, you know, looking to get back, you know, looking to go into playoffs with momentum. And they've looked great. The charge have looked not great. And the dragons just have cleaner somber goats, cleaner play in general. And they're just gonna go in there and beat the charge. I and then in a game like... that no one is going to watch. I just feel like <laughs> it's, a, it's a game that no one is going to watch. Like, and I don't know. I'm giving charge the benefit of the doubt this time. And then the Shanghai, you know, they have to get up early. Not really. The next day and go into the first game of the day against Philly. I don't have much to say about this game as the uh, stunned be, silence. I think this admits. is going to be the best game of the. Yeah, the, of so the that's whole the thing. Like, I normally want to say something snarky and shitty, but I didn't have anything snarky or shitty to say because it's actually the only good game. It's an excellent game. Like, and it's at 9 a.m. where we live. Yeah, man, I'm going to be at work. Yeah. <laughs> three, two, one, reveal. I said Dragon's Quarrel. Philly, three, two. Why? Ooh, interesting. I will throw to Xavier first. You know what he's going to say. Why would you throw it to him? First Do you of all, lose a point. Go ahead. Time starting now. I wasn't gonna go with the meme. Second of all, I think Philly is going to push it to map five, and Philly in the past few weeks have been undefeated on map fives. So quite frank, like Philly is just—they've been having these really close games and clutching it out at map fives, and this is a trend. They've been doing this for two weeks in a row, and I think this is gonna be the same thing against the Dragons. Uh, and you go with the team with the better individual talent. Oh my god. Taylor, your turn. Burp timing. Oh my god. Him and his individual talent. I just think the Dragons are the better team out of the two. 
I think they're pushing for the bigger picture and that they're just overall going to be the far superior team because they are. Philly's been on fire the past few weeks. You can keep saying that, but I don't I can don't keep saying that because care. it's true. I don't care. It's factually true. They've been on fire the past few weeks. I don't care. Listen, man, I'm just saying. They, they've been putting on incredible performances. Stop like, taking points away from me. <laughs> he don't get them for being a meme. For being right. For being right. Uh... I'm impartial, I mean, but, um, sure, Jan. let's not, let's not devolve into arguments here and let's talk about the losers versus the slightly less losers, the Washington Justice versus the Guangzhou charge. Again, I don't, I don't have anything, these games just have, like, I looked these at this lineup, like, a week ago and just shed a tear. Yeah, they're rough games, man. Oh. Yeah, they're not nice. They're not pretty. Oh, so go ahead, reveal. Charge three zero. Charge three zero. Yeah. Washington's gonna get right up to that line of possibly winning a map. Okay. So and do the charge and do the Washington thing where they just go to a tie and then you're just like, oh, okay, you almost got there. Yeah, Washington's like that that kid that you're letting or your like younger sibling that you let play a video game and you're like, you almost beat me. Yeah, there you, you go. Close. You are close. <laughs> you run against them when they're like two foot nothing and you're a six foot tall giant with legs the size of a truck <laughs> yeah. that's not something i relate to at all <laughs> nathan is actually five two yeah don't check any video footage of me ever He's it doesn't exist for sure tiny person yep uh i am the definition of that 511 meme so the next game is again what the it you know what it is they tried to give atlanta an easy game to end this out with to make them look good even though oh, they sure. are out of the running for sure atlanta versus florida atlanta 3-1 atlanta 3-1 yeah i don't believe in atlanta enough to give them a 4-0 either yeah florida will mess around and take them out yeah sure. it's all funny games until we come back next week and they're like florida florida won. 4-0 all weekend and hell no fucking... not against uh, nyxl florida's but I... been looking they looked better last week. But. Imagine. Imagine that world where that happened. Speaking of New York, they're going against the Toronto Defiant in the last game. Why? Why do that? Just flip those games real quick. Just, you know, it'll be a quick game. Go to sleep, too. You know? Yeah, that's fair. And reveal. Uh, NYXL 3-1. NYXL 3-1. Yo, you guys couldn't see that, but that was amazing. They both wrote 3-0 and then immediately switched it to 3-1, like, almost at the exact same time without knowing the other person did it. That was pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, there's no need for debate. And if anyone, any of our normal viewers of Capture Point, or I should say listeners of Capture Point, are wondering why we did today, it's because of precisely that. I didn't keep tally, but everyone almost completely agreed on who would win those. Yeah, it's two down days to of the games, points. man. These games those, are whack. Those games were whack. But, in the end, Xavier did capture the point with a three-point lead. Uh, so check in next week to find out who held the point. Theoretically, it should be both of them, actually. Yeah, we should both win? Yeah. I don't know what we do if that happens. But uh, moving into our final segment of the night. Actually, before we move on, there are two things that are really cool to talk about with this Atlanta homestand. One, there is going to be a Defran Mangachu 1v1 Torb Hammers only. Yeah. Fair. That's pretty cool, That's because pretty that kind of started as just like a joke, you know, it was supposed to be Brennan DeFran playing Widow 1v1, and then now it's, you know, Mangachu had a Torb kill, yeah. and DeFran was like, alright, let's do this, so now it's DeFran, Mangachu 1v1 Torb, and stepping into DeFran's place is Baby Bay to go against Bren mm-hmm. in a Widow 1v1. This is... This, so, is a, this is an interesting day. I love the... I was just... Yeah. I'm not incorrect in saying there was DeFran that actually said the full Halo tea bag on camera in front of, like, a billion people. Sure for. Was that it? Oh, I'm disappointed. You're slipping. Get him in. Get him in instead. Bring in one L. But, yeah, so... I'm slipping. Cut that out. <laughs> I love I that they're doing this, because last week they did Mickey versus OG, mm-hmm. Doomfist 1v1. Yeah. And they're doing, like, these weird, like, oh, before, you know, before the gays games, we're gonna do these strange, like, 1v1s. And I love that they're doing that. I just love this extra. It's fun. It's it's fun, and it almost feels like when you go over to your, like your friend's house when you know couch split screen was still a thing in video games, and you just like fuck around and be like, oh, we're gonna go in a custom match and like ballistic knife only in Black Ops One. Like, 
it's fun. And I do think they need to push saying because the other day when they did do the Mickey OG thing, I hadn't realized it. So when I had turned on the stream, I was like, why is capture point an hour later than it's supposed to like their little, no, not capture point. Um, that's us. That's watch us. Point. Watch point. I was like, why is there watch point thing in the middle of when they're saying the matches are supposed to be on like online. So I was like, this is confusing. But then when I found out, Oh, they're doing these fun kind of things. I think it's better. So, yeah, that is it is fun that they're doing this like Torb and then the Bren thing. They're getting this like meme that was kind of Bren suddenly really good at Widowmaker question mark and bringing it all the way through all these different places. I think it really adds this kind of connection between these casters and um the players mm -hmm. and baby bay is such a good choice for it you know yeah yeah defran obviously is fun but i think baby bay is is, is a better built choice. for it and, yeah. and baby bay is you know this i think this is going to be the deal where like you know people kind of crap on baby bay you know for his play sometimes but let's not forget he's a professional really good player mm -hmm. and so i think this is going to kind of be the situation where like you know a terrible nba player plays against like college people and just murders them. I think this is going to be the thing where Baby Bay's going to go in. Let's and not just forget that Bren got a pick last time he did a Widow 1v1. A pick and then got He might be, he might have been trained. Maybe he's doing all them weird screen flicks where you Maybe. dodge bullets. You don't know. You never know. Bren could come out. The only thing I have to say about Bren is that I'm disappointed he was good as Widowmaker and not Ash cuz Brash sounds way better than Widowmaker. That's true. That that's just all I got to say about that. Uh get at us uh, on email at scrapyard or scrapyardmedia at gmail.com if you uh, agree with Nathan or if you agree that Brito Maker is better. Um, spam our email. Spam our email, sure. <laughs> sure. Spam it. Now, talking about something that's not so spammy. <clears throat> very serious. Very serious. Um, and not as spammy as Goats was. The 222 lock coming for stage four. That's a, this is a big deal. Like, this is, this is a big, big deal. This is a lot. So 222 is coming, and this is interesting. So it's not officially announced. No, it's not. But it's going to happen. Uh, I'm sure the official announcement is going to come at the end of playoffs. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. It's been a long time coming. I do prefer having unlocked roles, because I do enjoy this greater diversity of comps you can have. I think the past few weeks have been a testament to that. Yes. We've had, you know, triple DPS. We've mm -hmm. had quad DPS. We've had, you know, heavy tank lineups. We've had goats. We had somber goats. We have, we've, we've had all these different lineups that you simply can't have with 222. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's going to be something that we lose. Yeah, However, that's fair. on the other end, it'll be a little bit more structured. Mm -hmm. Players presumably will be happier because they'll get to play who they want to play yes the dps you know profit will get to play profit things yeah you know um and it'll be more fun to watch games because you know right now no highlights are happening in a washington justice game mm -hmm. nothing cool is happening in those games nothing cool is happening with florida yeah however if you get to see Corey pop off on widow then you get you highlights. actually have a yeah. reason to watch you, yeah, you know fair. you get to see saya player actually play you know people he's good at mm -hmm. you get to see something interesting with everybody and i think a 222 raises the floor mm -hmm. of the overwatch league because right now i feel like the overwatch league is low floor high ceiling kind of deal mm -hmm. but i think 222 helps it be more of a high floor high ceiling type deal where mm -hmm. you know it'll raise all ships kind yeah. of deal so I mean we could we could debate philosophy on the whole two 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 thing forever and I'm sure a billion people will. Um, you know, whole laissez faire or government intervention type of stuff. But like do you think do you think two 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 is the because I was toying with an idea. Do you think two 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 is the best lock to have and do you think it'll last? Because I was toying with the idea of a kind of three two one lock, which is it sounds weird when you say it. But it's not that you're locked with a specific three, but it's like you have to have three of this, two of some. You have to pick three of something, two of something, and one of something. And I think that would create a weird meta where people would have to actually do kind of strange things. But I think it would be less optimized than two, two, two. So I don't think they'd ever touch that. 
But how do you feel about something similar to 222, similar sort of lock, like a structure lock as opposed to a metal lock? You can mess around and try that in like contenders uh, yeah. just to see if it'll work. But 222 is just kind of how it's just clean. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of how a lot of games inevitably go in ranked. Or, you sure. know, when you're playing, 222 just kind of is naturally, you have, you know, your projectile and your hit scan. Mm-hmm. And then you have your off tank and your main tank. Yep. And you have your main healer and your, you know, off, off healer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, the game just naturally lends itself to, like, a two of each kind of composition. And I do feel like 2-2-2 is even easier to understand than mm-hmm. than uh, your your GOATs. So, it will be a better viewing experience for people who are new to Overwatch and Overwatch League. And back in the day, they used to push, when you were picking characters when you first started into the game, they would have, like, the tips where it's like, you need more tanks, you need the two tanks, the two healers then you can pick from there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and it still kind of does that, where it's like, you need more tanks, you only have one tank, you only have one healer, it's still kind of like, hey, you need to have these two, these two things at least, and then the other two roles can be filled out with whatever you want. These teams are very min-maxi, mm-hmm. as all esports are. That's and... why I was saying my like my experiment, my thought experiment, would never work, because yeah. it would just devolve into the same thing as GOATS, where it's like, oh, well, we can have... These three, yeah. and then have these two, and then there you go. And so, kind of with this two-two-two, my worry is yet again being min-maxi. Double sniper was such a huge thing at mm-hmm. the end of last season because one-shotting somebody, yeah, as Widow and Hanzo, is significantly more efficient than running a Reaper, mm-hmm. Soldier, McCree, even. And now you have another sniper as well, which is to me best is subjective but probably one of the better snipers in the game um ash she has a trash ult she has a trash ult but compared to i mean to be fair her ult's better than hanzo's no it's no because hanzo's ult can actually combo with something actually you know what i'll take that back hanzo's ult is bad in lower tiers of play in higher tiers of play it It is good it's better than bob but the reason i say ash is good is because she has more versatility you can, yeah. Then say Widow. Widow has versatility, but she can only be so good once you get close. But but she's unbelievably mo- like the thing with Widow is her mobility is at least on a pro level. Mm-hmm. Her mobility is probably some of the best mobility in the game. I mean, a Widow can. It's hard to get a, a hold of I'd a Widow. S- yes, but I'd also say that Ash has a similar range of mobility. Okay, so she he's... has a similar. Let me finish. She has a similar level of. She has, she has some stun, not real stun, but she has pushback, which is really good in those situations where someone's running up on you. She's better in a close range just by virtue of her kit, and she's the only one of the snipers besides Anna who can hit people around corners right now with her dynamite. Like, that's massive. She's the only one that can actually go effectively against shields because if two snipers come in, the meta is going to be run two shield tanks, run Brigitte as one of your healers, and then run two DPS that are going to hard counter a sniper. That's just the min-max that's going to happen. So here's here's my take. Hanzo's... I guess Widow can't hit people around corners with a venom mine. I and she can know. fly into the air into the that sky is box. Fair. Yeah. But it depends on where, like, maps and stuff. He- here's the thing. When we think of last year at the end of Overwatch's inaugural season, we saw a bunch of Widow, Hanzo, and then the tanks were the dive tanks, and then we had... Mercy, a little bit, not as much after the nerf nerfs, but it's those. Let's get our Zenyatas, let's get our Lucios, let's get these other healers. And right now, you're seeing on certain maps what the two 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 kinda is. Like on Paris, you know if you're defending, you're going to have that Bastion, Baptiste, Orisa, Diva, the bunker. It's we're gonna have some shit face place in that. <laughs> Exactly. No. But we know that this is kind of how things are going to go. So, like, we can see that on Nepal, there's been a lot more Farah play, like, more Far Mercy play. So we'll probably see that come back. It's these... With the 2-2-2, it's more controlled. And I have seen from Gladiators, and I've seen from a few other teams who do like, hey, this is how we run our warm-ups and our practices, that they have been practicing the dive comps for Paris. They've been practicing that 2-2-2 kind of style already. And I just feel like there are teams who who have been pushing towards that 
far sooner. And I think those are the teams that are going to benefit from it. I think Gladiators will benefit from it. I think the Hunters are going to benefit from it because they already have been playing that kind of style. As you said, the Spark are going to benefit from this change. And I just think those are going to be some of the top teams when it comes into the change of the stage. Mm-hmm. The Titans are going to be unstoppable. Sure. Yeah, definitely. That's why I didn't even bring them up. There's no reason for me to they talk are, about the Titans. 2-2-2 is going to make them unstoppable. Yes. The Shock are going to struggle at first, I think, because they need to figure out their lineup. Because I don't. I think they're going to start Sinatra early, maybe the first two weeks. And Sinatra's not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to switch stuff up. But the Shock are eventually just going to find their stride and, and destroy people. Probably. With other teams, you know, you look at kind of some of the teams that will benefit, definitely the bottom tier teams. Mm-hmm. Washington should benefit, and same with Florida. But they won't benefit in the same way. They'll benefit yeah. the same way Philly benefited last year of having Carpage's hard carry them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey will be the hard carry. Sia Player will be the hard carry. And drag the rest of their team so kicking and screaming. So like someone like Corey or like in the lower tier teams where they have really good snipers, I still hold to my point that... With how the game is structured now, snipers aren't as great as they were. Because Widow's job is harder to do, especially if you're on attack and they choose to have a defending Rhine. You're not getting many picks, especially but, on a map like... Why can't I even think of the map's name? The Egypt one. Uh, Anubis. Temple Anubis. Anubis. Temple but Anubis. with, you know, kind of... If you do want to go hard counter, Brig isn't healing anything. Well, not Brig, you but know, I mean... But, like, what I'm saying is there's a certain level of... If you, go, if you try to go Rhine, Brig, and, like, have all these shields... If you go bunker comp, what's a widow gonna do? Well, Pick off your supports, and when, then once when, your supports are picked off, when flanks, one of you the, are a rainbow. You're flank? a rainbow six siege player. You know about flanks, my friend. I know. Well, the... what kind of flank is a pro player, a pro bastion, gonna let a widow get? There's very few on We've many of the maps, them. especially. Okay, but here's Dude, my thing: but... on a lot of the maps, especially hybrid maps, maybe not hybrid maps. That's the wrong. My bad. On what's the fucking goddamn? I can't think of assault. any words. Escort. On assault maps, on assault maps, there are not many amazing flanks that a widow will actually be able to pull off. That'll be as devastating, especially on your point Bs, when that final push could be what matters. Well, on point B, you're not going double sniper. You're going double sniper on point A. That I don't even think it's gonna matter there. No, on point A of, of Anubis. On point A of Anubis, a widow. You are going maybe, sniper. A widow may, will maybe pull it off. But they can have a widow on defense and not run bunker. And if their widow's better than yours, it doesn't matter. That's I don't the think game. Sniper- so counter picks. <laughs> I know, but I don't think snipers are going to be as big. I think they're not as okay. good. They dominated so last here's, stage. Here's, they here's dominated the, last season. But I think there's better choices now. Okay, I think the stun meta is going to fucking come out and just make everyone okay, unhappy. Here's your, here's your issue, Nathan. When you're saying like, oh, they're what if they run a Rhine? There's a reason why these teams do the three 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 the way. Like the three three the way they do because Ryan can be bubbled by Zarya and then there's also the protection from the Diva defense matrix. That's why they run the comps like they that. They don't even need to run Ryan. They can run Arisa, and it's even better because then you get two bastions behind a shield. My point is that snipers are going to be good, but I think you know what? Just personally, I think the meta that's going to come out is the stun meta. I just think stun is going to fucking stun dive. That's going to be what we're seeing more. Is good enough to be. I think he is. I think there's a couple of fucking just... These I think teams most are people amazing. Aren't I think it's going to be crazy. Here's, here, here's my hot take. Let's just have it be 2-2-2 two, two, two locked with, like, healers, and then everyone else gets to play Torbjorn. That's not 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Everyone else gets to play Torbjorn. Anyway, Paris gets worse. Yeah, Paris yeah. gets worse. Um, <laughs> Until they prove something. I think Paris gets worse. I, I don't know Shanghai why I'm so heated about this. I just think, like, there's better picks than snipers. They are more efficient, but they also aren't. Because if you fuck up, you fuck up so bad. They're absolutely more efficient. But Shanghai does get worse, like you said. Because the I'm going to sound like a dumbass in like three weeks. Oh, absolutely. I can't absolutely. wait. <laughs> Shanghai definitely, I feel like, gets worse just because they've built their rep off Sombra Goats. Mm-hmm. And Sombra will still be an important hero, but I think Sombra won't be as important because there isn't... Actually... I think Sombra will be more important because For if sure. you're going, if you're going snipers, you might not go two snipers. You can go Widow and Sombra, and that is devastating. But my my point is, if if double sniper is kind of a thing, teams are running a lot of double sniper far or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think a Sombra becomes less effective because, at least from what I see, 
part of what makes Sombra so devastating to goats is getting rid of the shields. An EMP cripples the team because yeah. goats is literally all about the sustain. Yeah. If you can't keep your tanks up with healing, you're screwed. So you hack one healer, you hack their brig, they lose so much of their healing. Of course. But kind of with a more spread out comp, EMP becomes harder to just steamroll fights because now it's a more, oh, we're going to selectively get these people. You know, so it becomes harder because things are more spread out. To be fair, yes. But at the same time, when you're having DPS be a third of your team that are squishier and need those healers, that EMP is still going to be devastating because... Not only can they be instantly picked off by a Widow, but if they just get tagged by the other DPS real quick, they're out of that fight, essentially, as soon as your healers are down. And I think Sombra's still going to be effective with that in combo with a good Widow. Because I will roll back my snipers aren't going to be that great. I just don't think snipers are that great in general. But in these high tiers of play, snipers are good. I understand that. In a, in a world where snipers are going to be the meta, I think Sombra is really devastating combo with that. In two, two, two. I'm gonna have to cut you off here, bro. Once, no, well, cause li- li- listen, listen. So, you are incredibly passionate bro. about your hate. I know, no, the snipers. Listen, just listen to me about Sombra. At and this you point. play a game that's all about headshots. Yes, I know. But and you I'm, don't get the. Efficiency. I played on console. You can't get headshots. You don't get the efficiency of having like a sniper. Snipers. Yes. That's why it became such yes. a hard meta. But that's why I'm. And they're What I'm saying the is best. that Sombra is really good combo with Widow. I, I think it is a really good second pick because someone like Farah is not a good pick when you're running against a Widow. That's just, It's death. You're not going to see a McCree, probably. That's a, That would be a weird choice. Maybe a Soldier would be an interesting choice, but I think Sombra is still the best choice because... Soldier's going to be Paris's first choice. <laughs> sure. But with a Sombra and Widow on your team, you're going to have Widow go, doing those good picks. You're going to have that Sombra disrupting their back line, making it easier for Widow to get those picks, and Sombra can't be headshot if she's invisible. Unless it's an accident. There's going to be some, like, hardcore, like, like super fan that, like, breaks down all this shit. And he's just going to be like, actually, where did... Actually, at this anyway. one point, Solomon Sue was playing McCree. And then he one-shotted him a, a Sombra on accident. But for so sure, you're wrong. I think Valiant stays good. Yeah. London stays as good. And New York stays good. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on these lower-tier teams getting their tank and support lineup because how tank they, and support is going to matter yeah. everybody's gonna have a good dps everyone has a good dps like who cares about the dps play of course everyone has good dps that's all everyone ever wants exactly to play. so it becomes is your are your tanks good can they peel for your supports can they get their damage in when they can can mm-hmm. your supports not die mm-hmm. and, you know do you have a support that's aggressive and can hit these flanks like a jonak or mm-hmm. or you know jay hong or somebody that can hit a flank hard and by that logic, our current top teams will still continue to be top teams. Like you said, Vancouver's going to roll because they have amazing tanks, they have amazing support line. Shock has amazing tanks and amazing support line, so I think they'll be fine. And um, They might take a while, but they'll get there. And another thing is, I think it's interesting now also because dive meta hasn't really been a thing in a while. Mm-hmm. And we have so many anti-dive heroes. Mm-hmm. And oh, dive yeah. is kind of like the go-to, you know, you go Tracer Genji Dot. That's mm-hmm. like what you do. But Until now Baptiste fucks you up. Yeah, but now there's so many anti-dive yeah. characters. It's not just McCree. Now you have Brig, Doomfist, Sombra. Like, you have a lot of really good anti-dive people. And not only are they anti-dive, they've been fine-tuned and crafted. Mm-hmm. You know, when Sombra first came in, people didn't really know how to play Sombra. Now you have elite min-maxed somber type play yeah and so you have be... amazing annas that are gonna fucking sleep any dumbass yeah. racer who comes in for a so now it's interesting bomb. you know and you even have baptiste which the like immortality field yeah. that they dive you and then you go immortal and then and then they just are hard, stuck yeah. there with you and then they have to <laughs> and focus they on locked. then they have to focus on the lamp and then while they're focusing on the lamp you're pushing attack you know yeah you're pushing a person with 200 health while you have a collective like yeah. 8,000 health that is immortal so it's interesting i think the thing with 222 is this is something very new and it promotes this kind of conversation mm-hmm. of here's all these different things these teams can do and you really I think that counterpicking is going to become a lot more important. Yep. If you're in a mirror, how are you going to break that mirror matchup? And I don't know, like I'm th- I'm in favor of it. I think the answer is Torgan. I think this is going to be the moment where we get to see all that individual talent that kind of just faded into just this is the team because with 333 
I mean, 3-3, three, three, sorry. I keep saying that. Nine-person um, teams. A nine-person team. With the 3-3, three, three, everyone kind of just melded into one unit. Mm-hmm. And with the 2-2-2, two, 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 you get amazing DPS moments. You get amazing support moments. And you get amazing There's tank moments. More that, potential to hard. Yeah, care. exactly. And it, it, it goes back to my point of, like, it's easier to watch because you can appreciate, oh, well, these are the... It's almost like you're watching two groups play that are made up of, like, three teams. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, your job is... Their job is to do this. Okay, well, I like this guy, because he, he's really good at his job to do that. Yeah. yeah. Especially with snipers, again. And people will now remember that Prophet is the best player in the league. Yep. Because he's... Can you stop kissing up to Prophet every Roll episode? Roll out, Literally bro. the best! <laughs>